Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bobby Wadman on to punch away. As he drives it deep over the head of Harris. Let's see if they can pin it inside the 10. As good job by the coverage unit. Harris says, I'm going to play this because I can. And look at the return he gets. What a smart move by Harris as he gets free. Oh, How wow. about it, Raider Nation? Wow. That's right. That is the best play that you didn't see from the Oakland Raiders against Denver Broncos matchup on Christmas Eve, which if you are watching, then you are even more football than me. And I don't know how that's possible. (laughs) Because you watch every bowl game. I do. And speaking of that, by the way, the Gophers are now up 13 to 10 Mm -hmm. after they were stopped in the red zone. By Georgia Tech, but uh, Georgia Tech doesn't seem so into this. Every time I look nah. up, I see the Gophers moving the football down the field and scoring. So 13 nothing lead. Who was more checked out in Detroit over the last four days, Detroit Lions or Georgia Tech? Uh, D- Georgia Tech looks like they'd rather be somewhere warmer. Yeah, I don't blame them. Uh, but the Detroit Lions have had absolutely enough of their head coach, Matt <laughs> Patricia. and us. Again, don't blame them. Can you, I can't imagine having to cover that guy. So Ugh. I can see why the Detroit Free Press lost it today. Um <laughs> On that play, by the way, is something that another team could use and try in the future where the Denver Broncos had stopped the ball at the one-yard line and they were all celebrating, yeah, we thought we pinned them inside the one. Great job, special yep. teams unit. But until the referee blows the ball dead, it's, it's still alive. Yep. That's right. And Dwayne Harris, whoever that is, <laughs> runs by. I mean, it was like a gag. Like he, it's something that they would put at the end of a Disney movie. Like, oh, they they were celebrating too early, and that's the lesson. And Dwayne Harris runs by, scoops the ball up, and runs by everybody else for a touchdown. And it was hilarious. It's a ballsy move, scooping it up because we've seen it fail many, yes. many times. And as soon as he touches that ball, it's a live ball. But if you're the Raiders, I mean, they must have talked about it before. Like, if they pin us inside, wait till everybody starts to mm-hmm. celebrate, and then somebody grab the ball, because whatever. Like, we're the Raiders, and if this goes the wrong way, who freaking cares? Right. I, I, you're already three and eleven. What does it matter? Right. And maybe Harris didn't ask anybody. Maybe he was just like, I got a plan. It's Christmas Eve. I have. I'm playing in this garbage fire of a stadium. They're moving our team. Jay Glazer said that they might play in London for their home games. No like, way. If I'm Dwayne awesome. Harris, I'm like, I'm making somebody remember me tonight. 
I'm going to get on some roster next right, year just for right. this play alone. Because if my contract's up, I am going to find some place to play. Because they're going to be like, hey, aren't you that guy that grabbed the ball and ran all the way? Like, yeah, that was me. You're dang right that I was. That was me. I did that. Um, so, like, congratulations on that. I feel very sad for the Raiders because them being soon in 2020, the Las Vegas Raiders, it just doesn't feel right having to play in wherever stadium you just remember that situation's so bizarre. Yeah, it is because now it's like AT and T Park potentially, but that's not uh, a football stadium. No. I mean, this is this is a mess, and they've made a mess of the Chargers going to LA, yep. and this is even worse. And you would think the NFL, being the top league as it is, could get some stuff right some of the time. Yeah, but they but just can't. There's no there's no plan. Here clearly, clearly, since they're talking about London for their home game. I mean, if you were a free agent, and this is where the criticism of John Gruden, I think, has been unfair. If you are a free agent and you're thinking about signing long term with the Raiders, Mm -hmm. are you like, well, you know, I'll have to live overseas for a year, but after that, it'll be fine. Khalil Mack, the whole thing about trading him to Chicago Gruden got ripped over and over again. Oh, can you believe they did that? Can you believe they did that? Khalil Mack wasn't going to play. He was going to pull a Le'Veon Bell. Yep. And he wasn't going to sign. I don't think he was going to sign a long-term deal to play for something that was going to be a bleep show. Right. And so the best option that John Gruden has on a 10-year contract is to literally be as bad as possible and build up for that year you're in Vegas. Just tank this year, yep. tank next year, wherever the heck you're playing. And that's why Vegas next year is out of out of the option. It's not a it's not even a thought because they don't want to go into Vegas a year early and be complete crap and just let everybody down. They want to be good or somewhat good to gain some hype and build that fan base like the Rams have done in Los Angeles. And also they, they need a stadium. Yeah. I mean, if you're just gonna go and stick them in Vegas and put them in a college stadium or something, that's not the way that the NFL should go to Vegas. They should no. go to their new brand new facility that's gonna be there. I don't like it to begin with. I mean the NFL in Vegas is fine. Sports in Vegas are fine, but I don't like the Oakland Raiders right. having to move out of California. It just feels completely wrong. You um, would figure a different team would be not the Raiders, not a heritage franchise. Right, yeah. Someone, I, I, I don't know, the Jaguars. Like, if the Jaguars yeah. moved, I'd be like, okay. You'd be okay with them going <laughs> to London? They, yeah, what are they? Or anywhere. Like, oh, the Kansas City's getting a second team. Oklahoma City <laughs> Jaguars. Like, that's fine. I've never heard of Jaguars being in Oklahoma City, but, you know, they never really heard the of Jazz in Utah. I was so. going to say, we've never heard of Jazz in Utah. <laughs> that's fine. Uh, let me tell you this from Greg Bishop mm-hmm. of MMQB on Mike Zimmer's feelings on the TCO Performance Center. Now, let me tell you, having spent my season at the TCO Performance Center, it's nice. Yeah. It's real nice. Yeah. I mean, just like everything. It's just very, very huge and you shiny. You training and, camp there instead of down in Mankato? Um, you know, I mean, there's something that's special about um, the Mankato experience because right. so many teams have built their facilities and, and stuff like that. So the whole traveling to Mankato, I was glad I got to experience it, mm-hmm. but everything is just so much nicer for the players and, and it's, it's big and they've got all this room and the you know facilities are top notch. They have a fuel bar. Yeah. There's like a person who works there who literally makes like smoothies and get like whatever players need. Do they to, make to fuel them? Do they make my energy drinks that fuel me, or is that um, not up to no, health standard? No, I, I don't think that you want. I don't think those are good for you at all. Not even well, a little. I don't know, man. 
I've got a svelte frame. Yeah, it's working out all right for yeah. you. Um, well, Mike Zimmer is not not a huge fan of TCO Performance Center, and his his crotchetiness sometimes it really wavers between like sort of cute in a way, like sort of like ah yeah, that's what football coaches used to be like, like yeah. really miserable, and then just like dude, what's your problem? And, <laughs> and this this is the the paragraph. Um, and this was pulled by uh, Arif Hassan. He writes for The Athletic, so he tweeted this out. This is from Greg Bishop, who wrote it. Mike Zimmer tolerates these new digs, even if some of the more lavish touches make him squirm. He never allows anyone to turn on the fireplace in the locker room, for, for instance, or put on, on anything other than the day's schedule on dozens of TVs scattered throughout the facilities. <laughs> Players win games, he says scoffing at the amenities asked about the new draft room which has 40 big screens stitched together everything digitized he says quote seven hundred fifty thousand dollars just so we don't have to bleep use bleeping magnets (laughs) i've been in the draft room it's amazing I mean, it's incredible. Like you could just touch all these things, and guys' tape will come up. This you sounds know. amazing. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, like literally, you can. It's got the whole draft board, and you can like double click a guy just by like tapping on him, mm-hmm. and the guys' like cut ups will come up, like clips of him in different situations and everything else. And so they can like take a last minute look at a guy or something or whatever it might be. And that sounds super helpful. Seven hundred fifty thousand, so we don't have to use magnets. He says. Yeah, uh, but you can see. Tape whenever you want. I don't get the I don't get the um the fireplace thing. Like what? Well, it's the locker room. Isn't it the player space, anyways? I have noticed that there's nothing on the TVs. That that did strike me that there isn't anything ever on the televisions other than the schedule. And I didn't know that that was a Mike Zimmer thing. But it is funny. It is funny. (laughs) Now I don't think that Zimmer has some sort of mentality where he works players so hard in practice that they're not ready for games or anything like that. I don't think they've been any more injured than any other team. Or mm-hmm. I also don't think that he messes up things you think of with old school coaches, like fourth down, for example. Right. He goes for it a lot, and most of the time it's the right time to go for it. Uh, he seems to have a decent enough relationship with the players where they've continued playing hard for him this year. When they would have had opportunities to pack it in and lose mm-hmm. a game against Miami, lose a game against Detroit. If they wanted Mike Zimmer fired, you lose against Miami and Detroit. Yeah. And then, like, that's it. Then he would have had a really tough time coming back from that. But instead, they, they basically beat the pants off both teams. So I don't think that he's lost them. And overall, considering the things that they've gone through, losing their offensive line coach to start training camp was really right. tough. Yeah especially in a year with young offensive linemen and then otherwise ones who have struggled and injuries on the offensive line too. The thing with Everson Griffin, the offensive coordinator who didn't know what he was doing. Like there's been, I mean, there there's been, been enough where the players could just totally, they could, they, right, they could have gone yeah. to the Meadowlands and mailed it in there. If mm-hmm. they really didn't like him, they've played some teams where they had that chance to do a Buffalo again and they haven't. And now they're right on the cusp of the playoffs. And I think it's been a good coaching job overall by Mike Zimmer. But that is crazy. I mean, I think that's just absolutely nuts for him to not turn on the, the fucking <laughs> if you're, place. If you're the owners and you spent all this money on this right? stuff and the owner's like, no, you're not going to use that because it's ridiculous. Like, I think I'd be a little peeved. I mean, that's like, um, that'd be like the guy who you're like, hey, do you want to like wear gloves when you shovel the driveway? You're like, no, I don't need gloves. <laughs> 
And you're like, okay, why? <laughs> you know, just like, well, the, I mean, the fireplace is nice. I've seen it. We don't need it on, though. What difference I mean, does Why not? What difference does that make? Why wouldn't you put it on? Um, he is right that players win games, though. That is, that is very true. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> by the way, so there's a lot the of conversation take. now. Um, Teddy Bridgewater could start week 17 because the New Orleans Saints don't have anything to play for. Yep. If he looks good, there are people talking about the possibility of him getting paid big time. And I think if you're a Teddy Bridgewater fan, if you and I see a lot of them still, like when I go to the games, I see a lot of Teddy Bridgewater jerseys. Mm-hmm. He was still a, he was a very popular figure here. He was. Still is. And I think for for good reason, not just his personality, but also big situations he mm-hmm. would step up and uh, there's statistical evidence that when it was a big spot, when it was a fourth quarter and they needed to come back, when it was a big, big third and long and things like that, that he found ways to come through. And the and players I, seemed to like him more. Too. Very much, yeah. And, and Adam Thielen even said that Bridgewater had a huge impact on his career, just him developing as a wide receiver, yeah. and that's across across the board. So everyone everyone likes Teddy. And I think if you're a Teddy Bridgewater fan and you have his jersey and you're just hoping for the best for Teddy – what you want is to root for New Orleans, assuming that the Vikings don't make it that far. Because if New Orleans wins, Drew Brees retires, yeah, right? Absolutely. Why would he come back? It's like the same thing with man. The only like, thing I could think of, but he doesn't seem like the kind of person who would do it, is if he doesn't win the MVP for some reason, because Patrick Mahomes had yeah, his season, yeah. is that he'd come back to try and get it. But again, if you I win two Super so, Bowls yeah. and you basically restore New Orleans, the re- you restore New Orleans to what it was before the hurricane. You help in that process. Like, walk out a winner, man. That's right. Just I, go. I, I think he would love to go the way of John Elway and Peyton Manning. Of just, you win, and you retire, and you walk out as one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever live. And if you're Teddy Bridgewater, you sign to stay with New Orleans. And you walk in to a perfect situation for any quarterback. You have two great running backs. You have a good offensive line that's got pieces there. You've got a defense that's coming up, and you've got great wide receivers. You stick with that organization. A top as five much as receiver, me, but yeah, top five offensive line, mm-hmm. top five offensive coach. I mean, any time that these guys go into their late thirties and still have a lot of success, and I'm not saying that Breeze isn't amazing because he is. He's incredible throwing the ball still. Right, but to have this much success. He's. It's clearly the, the supporting cast is helping him out a lot. Yeah. That they throw a lot of short passes, get a lot of yards after catch. They haven't forced him to do too much. I mean, it's it's been the perfect situation for him. So uh, anyway, we're going to take a, a quick break. The only point is that if you're rooting for Teddy, I think you're rooting for Drew Brees in a way. And uh, we will get Rich Gannon on the phone when we come back. Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. People, people. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout on 1500 ESPN. All right, for your traffic update, it looks like we've got one crash right now on US 52 southbound between 70th Street and 80th Street East. Look out for that. Also, your Gophers update, they're up 13 rip right now in Detroit over Georgia Tech. Matthew? All right, Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd on a... uh cold evening as as it is um 
Rich, I, I went a little late to the break, so I'm sorry for calling you a few minutes late, but I was talking about the best storyline of the playoffs, assuming the Vikings don't end up in the Super Bowl. Who would you be rooting for? And I think if you're in Minnesota, you root for Drew Brees to win the Super Bowl, retire, and then hand it over to Teddy Bridgewater. The I, I think that that would be like the coolest thing to happen, even though maybe, you know, I don't know, I don't know if fans care about NFC or AFC anymore if it's not their team, but it it, that's the storyline that I would be hoping for if I'm not rooting for the Vikings. Well, it's a good one. There's a lot of them, of course, but you know, there's a lot of talk right now about who's the MVP this year. Is it Patrick Mahomes? Is it Drew Brees? I think at this point, it, it is a a two horse race, and I think it could certainly could go down to the last week. But you look at the season that Drew Brees and the Saints have had. Let me just reel off some numbers for Brees. It's pretty amazing. He leads the NFL in quarterback rating. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's going to set an NFL record this year. He's just around 75%, which is amazing. I think he's got six or seven fourth-quarter comebacks. He's 6-1 and one against teams with winning a winning record. He's got the best record in, in the league at 13-2. and two. And they're going to be really tough to deal with down there in New Orleans because they've got two really good backs in Ingram and Kamara, and you look at you know the way that Drew Brees is playing. You look at the the weapons he has to work with, and a defense that can get after the passer. Uh, that's uh, and again the stories you mentioned. Uh, this point in his career, getting a chance to go back and quite possibly winning another Super Bowl at 39 years of age. Rich Gannon, former NFL quarterback, uh, joining us here for his weekly spot on Mackie and Judd. Matthew Collar filling in when you completed. Almost 68% of your passes in 2002. That was crazy. That was like a crazy high number. And, and now it seems like everyone's around 70%. And, and you mentioned Drew Brees is even higher than that. What What is going on with the completion percentages in the NFL, Rich? Well, part of it is some of the systems, you know, the the uh, adoption of the, the bubble screens and the, the perimeter things that you're seeing so many colleges do. And I think some of these NFL coaches have incorporated that. It's nothing more than a you know, perimeter run on first down, you, you throw it out to the receiver and you just use that the line of scrimmage and then the, the right tackle runs out and the tight end or the, the slot receiver and tries to block the corner. You, and you're just trying to get a, you're just trying to get an explosive play or, you know, a, you know, five or six yards on first down. And, and we're seeing a lot of that. So they're very, they're high completion percentage throws. Um, you know, the, I think the quick game has certainly been a big story. And so is the RPOs, the run pass options, which is again, another, uh, borrow, if you will, from the college game. So mm-hmm. quarterbacks are simply reading uh, the front, and they're going to hand it off. If they get a heavy front, they're going to pull it out and throw the slant, and that's usually there because there's no flat defender. So, I mean, I think that has to do with it, a lot to do with it, but I also do believe that Drew Brees, when it's all said and done, will go down as the most accurate Mm-hmm. passer in NFL history, and certainly the numbers bear that out. Yeah, when he throws downfield, it's, it's, it's certainly not all the dink and dunk either. When he's going downfield, uh, he's incredibly accurate too. And, and you bringing that up, it makes me think about Mitch Trubisky this year, Rich, because when I've watched him, I haven't seen a guy that does a seven-step drop and fires a perfect dime very often to his receiver. It's been so much of misdirection and things like that. And I I just wonder if there's a a shelf life on that as a quarterback when you get into the playoffs, if you can play like that all the way through. I mean, they have the great defense, but uh, in terms of winning three games to get there or four games to get there, I I think that's pretty tough if you can't make those Drew Brees-type throws. 
I would agree with you. You know, I think Mitchell Trubisky obviously is not a finished product. Uh, this is Matt Nagy's first go around with him. I think clearly we've seen improvement from him. You know, last year I think he completed around 59%. This year he's up almost at 67%. So he's a little bit better there. Last year uh, I think he was 50-50 with a touchdown to interception ratio, like 7-7. Seven and seven. This year he's like 24-12, and 12, so he's doubled that. Um, he's still, look, he's relying on the great defense that creates turnovers in field position, uh, a, ga- a team that can run the football, the play-action game. And, you know, a kicking game that's pretty solid. So that, that's kind of how they're getting it done. I give him a lot of credit. Obviously, he's got a team that, uh, you know, has won the division and is in a good position to have a chance to do some damage in the postseason. So obviously, the Vikings and Bears are playing a win in your end game. Uh, I'm curious, Rich, did you ever play in one of these? I did. I, I did. And, uh, you know, it's like a playoff game. I mean, I also played in games that certainly have some significance in terms of whether you're going to get a bye. That's a that's a meaningful game mm-hmm. because players need a chance to to rest up, and also it gives you extra time to prepare for your opponent. That's that's an important uh, aspect of it all. I've also played in games that that, that are meaningful in terms of having a home field uh, home field playoff game. Um, you know, so that I mean, all of it factors into it. But this is this is what you want if you're the Vikings: you win and you're in and um, you know, they the, the way their the defense is playing. Um, I, you know, obviously the Bears have a really good defense, but I think it's really going to come down to what they can do offensively against that defense. If they, if they, you know, Cousins will take care of the football. They can continue to stay after the running game, which they have the last couple of weeks since they made the the change uh, at quarter at, at the uh, court coordinator change. Uh, and I, and then in fairness, look, you know, you hate to see coaches get fired. Uh, but Kevin Stefanski's done a terrific job in, in the last couple games calling plays. Well, I saw a stat today that the amount of pressure on Kirk Cousins has been cut in half, and I'm sure some of that has to do with you know, who they've been playing these last two weeks since Kevin Stefanski took over. But what I see a lot now, Rich, is them rolling Cousins away from the best pass rusher as opposed to him sitting uh, right there in the shotgun just taking the snap and waiting for Khalil Mack to come and get him. It, that looks to me like that's the biggest difference. And if they can use some of those things to at least slow down the Bears a little, it feels like they have a good chance in this game. It's a great point. And, you know, we talk about changing the launch point for a quarterback. So mm-hmm. the boots, the nakeds, um, you know, the half rolls. So that make it difficult on, you know, you, you look at the Bears, particularly Cleo Mack. I mean, he's, he's by far uh, one of the best pass rushers in all of football. The problem with the Bears is, is that, you know, if it was just Mack and you could turn the line or slide the line or continue to chip with a, a back or a tight end, then you could take the edge off the rush a little bit. But mm-hmm. they've got, you know, Akeem Hicks is a terrific rusher. You look at Smith as a terrific rusher, the rookie. Uh, so they, they, they have a number of different ways that they can come after you. So everyone's going to have to play. The tackles are really going to have to play well in this one. But I also think it's important to move Cousins around a little bit so that they can't get a beat on where he's going to be every snap. And, and I feel like this takes a little bit of the edge off the anxiety for someone like Kirk Cousins. He seems to be clearly more comfortable under center. And if he's moving around a little bit and he doesn't have to sit back there and do everything and just also wait for Khalil Mack to come get him, uh, that, that it might take the edge off. But I was curious about your perspective on this. When it's a game with this sort of hype or the playoff games that you played in, um, what are the nerves like going in? Because I get nervous to go get a haircut. 
Um, so, like, I have no idea what this is like to play on a game of this magnitude in front of your home fans who have been waiting for you to have sort of a signature moment. And that's what Kirk Cousins is going through this week. But what is that like for a quarterback? Well, you know, I never really got that nervous before a game, but I must admit, it's funny you bring it up. I, I get nervous now before a haircut. So I, I think Do we you? have something in common. I, maybe because I don't have as much hair as I used to. But, but in all seriousness, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, I think that the, the post game jitters are there. But I think once, you know, once the ball snapped, these guys have all played in, in important games, meaningful games. It may not be the Super Bowl or whatever, but they're, they're important games and they get, and they get even more significant as you go along. But, you know, it, it's, it's, really going to come down to, as it usually does with a quarterback like Kurt Cousins, it's going to come down to about six to ten plays. So, you know, can he make a play in a critical situation, a critical third down, you have to have it. Can he make a play when something bad happens around him? You know, you look at, uh, you know, Riley Reef missing a, tack, a block and all of a sudden you get a free rush. Or just, can, he, can he come up with a big play? Can he make a play with his legs uh, for, for a first down? And it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be about a half dozen to, to ten plays in this game where He's going to have to make a play, and can he? And the other part of it is, you know, ball security. You know, this is a defense that's been really good at getting their hands on, on the ball and taking it away, strip sacks, interceptions. You know, if he can take care of the football in a game like this uh, and put some of the pressure back on Trubisky, because I know the Vikings' defense will play well. The question is, how well can Kirk Cousins play against this Chicago defense the second time around? As you recall, the first time, it wasn't pretty. Uh, yes, I was there for that, and it uh, certainly was not that pretty. And and the biggest thing might be, does Kirk Cousins give them the ball? Um, Rich, I, I wanted to ask you, because I was watching Russell Wilson against Patrick Mahomes, thinking that it just doesn't get any more fun than this to watch two quarterbacks flinging perfect throws all over the place, creating stuff off schedule, the, uh, the shortstop-style throw from Patrick Mahomes' sidearm. Who's who's your favorite to watch? The one that you just sit there and go, man, this is unbelievable. There's a lot of great quarterback play out there. I think those two guys, if there's a Super Bowl that I want to watch two great quarterbacks, there's lots of debate for that, but those two would be up there for just pure entertainment value. I would agree. You know, the thing about Russell Wilson, just this is supposed to be a rebuilding year in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're in a position that maybe have a chance to make the playoffs and Pretty amazing. I, think, I, I I can't even imagine where this team would be without Russell Wilson. He's a you know he he rushed for fifty seven yards the other night. Those those five or six runs were as important as anything that he did. In terms of who I enjoy watching, uh, I would tell you that Patrick Mahomes has, in my opinion, I don't think anyone anticipated he'd have this type of season. And this is really his first year. You know, last year he didn't play but one game. He has got ridiculous skills. I mean, I mean, I I've done some of his games. It's it's insane. So I would say Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers has got you know when he's healthy and he's rolling, he he can he can spit it and he's pretty impressive. But Drew Brees is just a, a surgeon. He's like he's like the he's like the fifty uh, year old heart surgeon that comes in and does four or five transplants in a day. He's that guy. <laughs> he, he's, he's a technician. He's just maybe it's not always pretty. It's just efficient. He gets to where it has to go. It's all you know what I mean. And then I think Brady is boring. Mm-hmm. He's boringly good. How, 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 rare, how rare is it that you pick up a, a, a paper on Monday morning and see that the Patriots lost, but in doing so, Brady threw three picks or two picks. It just doesn't happen. He's yeah. so consistent. He, he's boringly consistent. They just won their 10th straight AFC East title. I mean, you know, and the guy, is just uh, he's like a great Cabernet. He just seems <laughs> to get better and better with age. I mean, the guy is... 41 years old and they still playing lights out. 
Yeah, the uh, the volatility from some other quarterbacks is part of the fun, that you never know when one of those things might go wrong, like uh, Russell Wilson, the throw he made against the Vikings or something, but then, of course, he comes back with 20 great throws to go with it. So, um, uh, Rich, awesome stuff. Let me ask you one more thing before we let you go, because Jonathan and I are going to play a game after this. My, I have terrible knowledge of Christmas movies. Are you a Christmas movie guy? Certainly. Okay, give me your give me your favorite or top three or like what is your what is your go to Christmas movie? You got the fam. It's Christmas Eve. You're you're playing quiet piano and drinking wine. What do you got on? Well, I like Elf. That was very funny. <laughs> uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Okay, five, absolutely. Is it not? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, how about what was the one, the black and white one that's always on and everyone's always talking about? I I, I usually watch it once a year. Um, uh, okay, I, uh, I'm sure. Oh, it's a wonderful life. That's a wonderful life. Yeah, okay, that's a yeah. classic. Yeah, no, the, the kids, the young people today, they don't, they don't like black. They would never sit through a black and white movie, but that's <laughs> that's a classic. So, I mean, there's so many good Christmas movies out there, and I, I like the ones that you can kind of laugh at. You know, what I mean, there was the other one with the little kid that got the BB gun that uh, broke his shot his eye. I can't remember that. Christmas one. Story, a Christmas, Christmas story. That's story. The one. Yeah, see, I know the movies. I just don't yeah. know the name. Maybe it's all the concussions I had. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I'm supposed to laugh at that, Rich. Um, no, that's okay. But hey, listen, I, I tell you what, I am so excited. I, I'm in Pittsburgh this week, and I've got a great game that Pittsburgh has to win, and I'm yeah. in Baltimore. But you know, this is a great time of the year. I mean, these win and end games, and you know, there'll you know, be so many updates on CBS and on Fox in terms of what's going on around the league. Our game got moved to the 4:25 um, uh, uh, time slot, so that you know we can go up against Baltimore. So they, look, this is what it's all about. You know, there's so many great. The NFC is pretty straight straightforward but the AFC's got so many different scenarios and this is why the NFL is so special this time of the year isn't Pittsburgh one of the most underrated places in the world it's great isn't it it is I mean you know what they are so passionate about their Steelers and and obviously they've had a lot to cheer about over the years but uh, they're, they're in a fight for the lives this weekend they, they've got to get it done they'll, they'll beat Cincinnati I'm pretty sure about that but they they need some help uh, and uh, obviously they need help from Cleveland to go into Baltimore and beat the Ravens all right, Rich. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your holiday. Thanks for spending the time, man. Thanks, brother. That's uh, former NFL quarterback Rich Gannon there, as he mentioned, is going to be doing the game for CBS. Uh, Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Pittsburgh has kind of let it slip out of their hands there. So Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On 1500 ESPN. Okay, Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Uh, I think when Rich Gannon ran through his favorites, he hit the ones that are most commonly on TV for uh-huh. Christmas movies. So I mean, he, TBS plays one of them all day long. Right, so. so Rich was not reaching into deep into the Hallmark channel no. or Netflix or anything like that or the kids' movies. He was going hardcore classics. and Netflix the, just started doing a bunch of Christmas movies, which I never knew they were doing. Did they? Okay, yeah. I mean, so I am not a Christmas movie. I mean, Christmas one of them's movie. a blatant ripoff of a one that's already been made, but that's okay. Okay, relax, Jonathan. <laughs> don't, don't get upset about it. You get me all worked movie. up you, on you, a topic I'm passionate about. So you are about. a Christmas movie person. I love Christmas. I'll listen to Christmas music from the moment Halloween is done until probably next week. When you're done with the Levitard show on 1500 ESPN, then you will listen to your Christmas yes. music, right? So, yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so uh, anyway... 
Rich and I are in the same sort of place where he's not a connoisseur. He has appreciation for the uh, National Lampoon's Christmas movie. It's mm-hmm. classic. It's great. I'll watch that anytime it's on. I've seen It's a Wonderful Life a few times. Sort of uh, wavered on how much I like it. But, you know, it's whatever. It's it's on TV. It's It's okay. Right. Now, so what you have done here is you've taken... I don't want to say these are secondary classics because some are more classic than others... But you've taken, how many do we have here? Is this 10? Uh, eight, I believe. Eight Christmas movies Maybe 10. that people would know mm-hmm. and that I don't have great knowledge of. All right. But first. Oh, oh, got a gopher update. I'm like, what the hell are you playing? It, no, they missed a field goal. That's about it. Oh. It's still 13, 13 nothing, nothing. But they missed a field goal okay. to go up 16 nothing. So nothing from the jackets, huh? Nothing yet. Boy, they have been sad. Yes. Uh, so anyway. I have my back turned at the TV. It's the, I mean, I, like, it's just the oddness of n- where you're sitting in the studio. Well, it's, okay. it's also the quick lane wall. I yeah. mean, and it's, it just has been so not compelling. It could have been the first responders bowl. It could have been the most compelling part of this, aside from the run that the Yellow Jackets quarterback just had, is the the size of the punter for Georgia Tech. He's just massive. And I just like how no kickers sense. kickers in college tend to be not as girthy. Slim. Not as girthy. slim as the NFL kickers? Yeah, yeah. Except for Sebastian Janikowski? Well, I guess that sort of gets us into the um, the Blair Walsh losing weight thing. And then, <laughs> it, then this could go way off the, the yes. rails. So let me let me go go here with you. Yes. You have eight movies that you have... Um, Gotta have some Christmas music. ...written yes. down. Mm-hmm. I'm already giving you the list of titles. What you're going to do is you're going to read a description of one of these movies, and I have to guess which is which. Yes. Okay. So we'll start off first with here. A lawyer and a little girl must prove that a man claiming to be Santa Claus is not insane, but is in fact the real thing. Mm. Okay. Uh, So I'll just tell you the potential options here that I Mm -hmm. have. Jingle All the Way, Bad Santa, The Santa Claus, Jack Frost, Miracle on 34th Street, Charlie Brown Christmas, Grinch, and Nightmare Before Christmas. Those are my options. Yep. I think this one you're describing, so this is... um, this is someone claiming to be Santa Claus, but might not be? Yep. Is Claus spelled differently? Can I ask for follow-up questions? Uh, nope, it's spelled the normal way. Oh, okay. Well, because I, I feel that like... takes one of them off the list. Oh, so is this is this bad Santa? Nope. Is it, so is it the Santa Claus? No. Strike two? Oh, that's what I would have thought it would have been. You got one more. Claiming to be... Oh, Miracle on 34th Street? Yes, you are oh, correct. Okay, ding, ding, right. ding, 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 But the Santa Claus has a similar sort of thing. Kind of, yeah. Well, it took me... I got it wrong. That's an X. That's, well, after three tries, you got it right. But, but, yeah. but there's only eight options. I only get one <laughs> shot. Fair enough. I, so I've never seen Bad Santa, so I thought maybe that's Okay. It. All right. Okay, 0 for 1. All right, this one's a little longer, so bear with me. Okay. When Howard misses his son's karate practice, he makes peace by promising his son a Turbo Man doll for Christmas. What Howard doesn't know is that every other child wants the doll as well. Okay, on, I know I know this one. Oh, you do? I know this one. This is this is Jingle All the Way. Yes. Right? Okay, because that if it's got Arnold, here. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay, that's Arnold a check. That's a check for me. Sinbad. The ending of this description is perfect, though. It's but while Howard is going insane trying to find the doll, his son is wondering where his father is, and the neighbor is putting the moves on his wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! If it. Now, that's the thing. If it's ridiculous, then I may have seen it. It's a fantastic description. Okay, I'm one for two. Yep. 
All right. So when a man inadvertently kills Santa on Christmas Eve, he finds himself magically recruited to take his place. Okay, this is the Santa Claus. Yes. I have seen that because one time... There's I, three of those movies somehow. I don't know how that's possible. But one time I did a Twitter poll on whether it was a good movie or not, the right. Santa Claus. Most people felt like it was. It's okay. All right. So I'm two for three. Maybe I'm. Maybe I know Christmas movies better than do. I thought. All right. So we'll go here. All right. A father who can't keep his promises dies in a car accident. One year later, he returns as a snowman who was the who has the final chance to put things right with his son before he is gone forever. Hmm. Do you want a starring actor in this no, one? No, no. I I think I know this one. Well, it's certainly not The Grinch nope. or Charlie Brown. Nightmare Before Christmas. I didn't see any snowmen. Bad Santa, I don't remember any snowmen. So I'm going to go with Jack Frost. Yes. Ding, All right. Ding, ding. It's three for four. You're doing a lot better than I thought you were. All right. I am I think in a lot the Christmas than you spirit you here. Well, it's hard not to be when you got this music. Uh, yeah, that's true. All right, so all, right. all we have left here is Bad Santa, Charlie Brown, Grinch, and Nightmare Before Christmas. I think there's a good shot that I can run the table here all right, and go let's... seven for eight, <laughs> despite knowing nothing about Christmas movies. <laughs> Maybe I just picked bad movies. Maybe you just... Yeah, no, you're fine. I wondered if you would like really mess with me and pick like... I thought about you know, it, some but really I, wanted you get, I wanted you to get some correct. Okay, you're too nice. Yeah, it's the Minnesota thing. <laughs> it is the height of the festive holiday season, and merry shoppers have begun their yearly pilgrim- pilgrimages to their local malls. Among the drove is a pair of con men on a decadent okay, road trip. Okay, this has to be Bad Santa, yes. right? Okay. Ding, ding, ding. All right. You know who stars in that one? Uh, Billy Bob Thornton. Yes. Boom. Okay, right. then I-, I can get Charlie Brown and the Grinch unless the descriptions are hilarious. Uh... No, not really. Okay. I mean, Charlie's just complaining about materialism. So, which I, is I, funny. so I'm like in great shape to just like kneel out the clock here. Well, let's let's just go anyway. And if I <laughs> botch it, then I botch it. Jack Skellington, King of Halloween Town. Okay, that's got to be Nightmare Town. Before Christmas. Because <laughs> yep. I don't yep. remember Jack Skellington <laughs> from Charlie Brown. It is a weird movie. Weirder than I remember. All right. Bitter and hateful, a grumpy hermit is irritated at the thought of the nearby village <laughs> having a happy time celebrating Christmas. A grumpy hermit. So disguised as Santa Claus with his dog made to look like a reindeer, he raids the village to steal all the Christmas things. The village is sure to have a sad Christmas this okay, year. Okay, that's the Grinch, and then yeah. the last one is Charlie Brown. But uh, seven for eight for me, so I did really well. But well I want you, so are we going to wrap with Royce next? I think so. I haven't I, heard from him, but I, we'll try him. Okay. <laughs> I want you in the break to find on your, what are you using, IMDb yep. or something? Some some Hallmark Christmas movies okay. so we can read their descriptions to Patrick Royce right. and see what he thinks. Okay, we'll do that when, we'll do that when we come back. Matthew Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this on 1500 ESPN. Traffic update for you now. There's nothing really going on the roads. They are clear as day at this time of night. Uh, Gophers up 13 to nothing right now. I know I tried. Lame, Jonathan. Lame. lame. All right. I'll hand it over to you so (laughs) my lame jokes can stop. Okay. Jonathan Harrison in our traffic center. (laughs) Sort of. And uh, also producing the show. Also reading descriptions of christmas movies on imdb um patrick royce joining yes. me now i 
I was surprised you were still willing to do this during the uh, game of the year for you. Well, it's halftime, so... Oh, okay, it's, uh, good. It's yeah, 13 to 3, and it's halftime. It, it was perfect. Uh, but uh, I have been uh, getting phone calls. Even Louie Nanny called up to taunt me about the uh, <laughs> golfers look today. So uh, that was, and Louie is aggressive in his time. He called both my cell, and when I didn't get there to answer, he called the home team. <laughs> He, uh, he he came at me from both levels. You know, thirty years ago, Louis was the Turkey of the Year. So apparently, oh. this is this is his revenge. So. Um. So what's your what's your take? Uh, it's thirteen to three. This well, has been they, uh, not too exciting, the but they're going to win. The option offense that was supposed to dazzle them. I think they have seventy four yards or something hmm. like that at halftime. So the uh, Gophers have been, uh, you know, taking care of that in fine fashion. Let's say they're they're handling the option better than Houston did against Army. <laughs> uh, yeah, just by just by a little. Um, how was that possible? Being a guy who watches all bowl games, how was that possible? Army doesn't even try to score seventy points. Well, the the great they, the great part was that they kept busting off big plays, and then they threw in a play action. Which you know they okay. they throw like once a game, and then they threw yes. a, they ran a play action, and the guys running wide open down the middle of the field. And I, I mean, I think Houston was not that talented. That Army team was good; like they had really yeah. good athletes. And if they got a little open space, they made things happen. So that that's why we watch the bowl games, Patrick. That's right. Yeah, fun as hell. The Army. It's it's uh, funny how. Uh... Uh, I don't know. Army recruiters, recruiters in general, have definitely what they lose like fourteen years in a row to the Navy, and now they just kick the crap out of them about the last three years. So, uh, so I don't, I don't quite get what's going on there. Patrick, anyway. you, you'll appreciate this. I, I've got something that I, I read, and I said he will like this. Uh, MMQB story by Greg Bishop. Did you see it on the Vikings? No, no, I haven't. Okay, well, it's got this in it. Coach Mike Zimmer tolerates the new digs at TCO Performance Center, even though, uh, even if some of the more lavish touches make him squirm. He never allows anyone to turn on the fireplace in the locker room or to put anything other than the day's schedule on the dozens of TVs scattered throughout the facility. <laughs> Is that, did, did we know this, or is this new information? I didn't know that it was intentional. I mean, I noticed that mm-hmm. the thing was never on, but I thought, well, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they paid a lot for the facility. Maybe they don't want to waste gas or something. Or I, I didn't know why it was only the schedule that was shown. Uh, I figured everyone's got to know, so maybe they'll just put it up. But I didn't know that that was a Zimmer edict, and I find that to be hilarious. Now, is he still too damn lazy to walk over to the interview room so the reporters have to risk life and limb walking up those <laughs> steps in the winter to walk all around and freeze their rear end off and perhaps fall to their death? Uh, do they still have to do that, or is he coming to the interview room now? Okay, so both. Um, I okay. still had to risk life and limb today <laughs> with the ice. Uh, they do a pretty good job of salting it, but he does come to the interview room, but it's open locker room. You have to still go all the go way around the as way opposed around. to walking through. Yes, and the yeah, other yeah. the other great part of this that you'll like, This is Patrick, the only team that spent... Well, how much does this place cost? Two hundred mil? Uh, yeah, I thought it was like one hundred and twenty, but somewhere one hundred and twenty mil. They spent an extra two million trying to make sure things still remain very inconvenient for the media. That's <laughs> yes. it, you know. Now, if we do this, we could get them there. No, no, no. Spend the extra two million and get them over on the other side of the building. Right? <laughs> and I'm sure that was Zimmer's idea too. Uh, the other yes. thing, the other thing that was great was he had a quote. 
Uh, he was asked about the big screens, the thing that Rick Spielman loves to use in the draft room, and his quote was, 750000 just so we don't have to use bleeping magnets. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's uh, he, he can get a little feisty. There's no doubt. So, you guys, do you think the real Bears are going to show up Sunday, or are they going to uh, uh, keep her under wraps, figuring they're get this team back down there in the cold weather? You know what I think it's about, Patrick, is just how Kirk Cousins handles it. Like if he throws it to the other team, as he does, yeah. then they can lose based on that. But I don't think Mitch Trubisky's very good, and I really no. don't think he's very good at, at U.S. Bank Stadium against this defense. I, I think it's just going to no. be too much for him. This defense and the, and the, and the crowd and everything else, and, the, and, and let's face it, as, as much as the Bears would probably like to come up here and ruin the Viking season, their, their incentive is about 20% of what the Vikings is, mm-hmm. right? Totally. The, uh, the worst thing that happened to the Vikings was that uh, Seattle uh, managed to beat Kansas City, and uh, so now they got to, they can't, get, they don't get to go to Dallas. But I, I really think they'll beat the Bears, but I, I would a hell of a lot rather go to Dallas than go to Chicago where it's going to be 15 degrees and the wind's howling. It's a completely different team at home versus away. When oh, they, sure. On the road, they lost to Miami. I know that Trubisky wasn't playing, but they still lost to the Giants. Like Their road schedule yes. has been nothing, and but their home schedule, they have wins against the Vikings and Rams. Like I, I wouldn't want to play them there. No, and I, I have had the uh, thrill of being down there watching playoff games in January when the <laughs> Bears had a great defense. And uh, it ain't fun because, uh, as we, as, as I mentioned, I think I was talking to you and Judd about the the famous time when Sean Landetta went to punt and it was blowing so hard the ball left his foot. He, it. <laughs> he whipped it. It was, and that was the middle of the January game. So uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think. Uh, yeah, if I was them, I don't think I'd let Colonel Mac play about half as much as he normally does, and and. Uh, Hockey makes play about half as much as he normally does. I'd make sure nobody, I'd try to make sure nobody twisted an ankle on that uh, turf on uh, Sunday. So I, I keep great, going. Great idea by the NFL, though, starting every game at the same time. Oh, yeah, I know. Big drama. Uh, you know, I, I keep going back and forth on this, Patrick, because it would be so this year, like how everything is gone to blow this. But I just can't see it. With the Bears having so little incentive, I can't see it. But this team, if there's a team and a quarterback that would do it, it's them and him. But there's no reason for it. Their defense is still excellent. They got got weapons. Now that Cook's agreed to play two, three games in a row without getting hurt, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, they got weapons. There's no excuse for it. (laughs) There's an excuse to get beat on the road, but there's no excuse to get beat Sunday at home. When you're better than, you know, they're, they should be, you know, they're one of the top four teams in the, in the NFC for sure with, uh, with the, you know, with the Rams and the, and the Bears and the, uh, <laughs> the big boys, the Saints. You know what though? Are you, what do you think about the Saints all of a sudden not lighting it up offensively? That's uh, kind of interesting, isn't it? It is, but I also don't value the end of a season that much over the bigger sample. Um, uh-huh. when, when we're talking about the Saints in the playoffs, they get a week off, everybody gets to rest yes. up, Drew Brees gets to rest the arm, and then you have to beat them at the Superdome. And it's just, I, yeah. 
I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl because I don't think anyone can go there and beat them. And the fact that they have that all the way through the playoffs, that's what was never talked about with Philadelphia. But Philadelphia getting the home field last year throughout the playoffs, and then Atlanta having to go there, the Vikings having to go there, I think that we underrated just how much of an advantage that is. Oh, and uh, I mean, I'm, there's no way they beat Atlanta anywhere but at home. They played terrible offensively. That day. Yeah. They were brutal offensively, and uh, somehow they uh, won that game. You're right. It's a, that week off is a monumental advantage for teams. That, you know, how many, when the Patriots go to Super Bowls, how many times did they play the first weekend? I don't know. Not, yeah, not very too few. many, probably. Very few. Yes. Uh, last thing for you, we were talking about Christmas movies and my lack of knowledge about them. You got a favorite? Oh, there's, uh, you know, there's uh, Home Alone is a terrific, uh, you know, not two, not three, not four, not five. Home Alone <laughs> is a, is a uh, terrific uh, old movie. And, of course, A Christmas Story is uh, the one that TNT runs. 50 times, you know, runs it like three days in a row. It's, <laughs> yes. uh, it's great. Those two are the best by far. Yeah. All uh, of the rest of the mistake. It's a wonderful light. Overrated. I don't wonder, overrated, fraud, you know, and I don't have any time. <laughs> uh, I will tell you, there's a backstory that I don't have time to tell the whole thing about It's a Wonderful Life. The reason it ended up being a, a Christmas tradition is because it's cheap. It was a cheap movie to buy because it didn't succeed in the box office. Oh, that, yeah, that's and right. That's, when they first started showing it on TV all the time, right? Yeah. Yep, and that's why. So, well, uh, I hope you have a happy holiday, Patrick. Thanks for stopping by. All right, and uh, you know, well, uh, you know, I, I already tweeted out that uh, I'm not tweeting about the golfer game unless they lose. So, uh, uh, don't hurt yourself so. cheering. You know that happens. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. Yep. Bye, Patrick. Uh, real quick, shout out to Marnie Gellner, who's doing the Wolves mm-hmm. game tonight. That is really cool that she's doing play play by play filling in for Dave Benz. So. Good for her. I will be watching. And uh, thanks to uh, Phil and Judd for letting me fill in here. Doogie's in the rest of the week. Yep. So I will talk to you all later. Thank you, Jonathan, as well. Thank you, sir. Bye. Later. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone.